This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 998. In Defense of Raising Money, a Manifesto for Nonprofit CEOs, part two, by Sasha Dichter with Seth's.blog. And I am Dan, I'm your host and narrator here. I'm with you every single day of the week, including yesterday when we heard from Sasha with part one of this post. So if you haven't heard that one yet, I would recommend going back and listening to that first. That's episode 997. But if you are all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. In Defense of Raising Money, a Manifesto for Nonprofit CEOs, Part 2, by Sasha Dichter with Seths.blog. So why are you so scared to ask people for money? Maybe it's because, three, money equals power. Our society has done a spectacular job of creating enormous amounts of wealth, At the same time, wealth is associated with power, and not having wealth can feel like not having power. So going to someone who has money and saying, you have the resources, please give some of them to me, doesn't feel like a conversation between equals. How about this instead? You are incredibly good at making money. I'm incredibly good at making change. The change I want to make in the world, unfortunately, does not itself generate much money. But man, oh man, does it make change. It's hugely important change, and what I know about making this change is as good and as important as what you know about making money. So let's divide and conquer. You keep on making money, I'll keep on making change. And if you can lend some of your smarts to the change I'm trying to make, well, that's even better. But most of the time, we both keep on doing what we're best at, and if we keep on working together, the world will be a better place. And four, I'm terrified you'll say no. We all hate rejection. Being rejected when asking for money is a double whammy. You were already scared to ask, and then the person said no. They have all the power. You walk away, head down, empty hat in hand. Get over it. You're still devoting your life to this work. You shared an idea with someone. You didn't convince them today, but you probably got their attention. Maybe you'll convince them tomorrow. Maybe they'll tell a friend. Maybe you learned something that will make your pitch better the next time. At least you got your story out there to the right person. You made a change, you just didn't get any money in return. I've met too many nonprofit CEOs who say, I hate fundraising, I don't fundraise. If you're being hired as a nonprofit CEO and the board tells you that you won't be fundraising, they're either misguided or lying. Tell them they're wrong. Tell them that your job as a CEO is to be an evangelist for your idea and to convince others about the change you want to see in the world. Tell them that if this idea is worth supporting, then they should jump in with both feet and support it with their time and money and by telling their friends it's worth supporting. Spending your time talking to powerful, influential people about the change you hope to see in the world is a pretty far cry from having fundraising as a quote-unquote necessary evil. Do you really believe that the so-called real work is just the programs you operate? The school you run, the meals you serve, the vaccines you develop, the patients you treat? Do you really believe that it ends there? Do you really believe that in today's world, where change can come from anyone and anywhere, that convincing people and building momentum and excitement and a movement really doesn't matter? Of course your programs or investments are real work, but so is evangelizing, communicating, sharing, convincing, cajoling, and arm-twisting. So are videos and images and stories and ideas. If your ideas and programs and people and vision are so great, shouldn't people be willing to reach into their pockets and fund them? If it's worth spending your life doing this work, shouldn't you or someone in your organization be able to convince someone else that the work is worth supporting? 
In the for-profit world, nothing happens if you don't have a compelling product with a compelling story that wins out in the marketplace of ideas and gets people to act. People get so excited about Apple's products that they blog about the next release, scour the internet for registered patents, spread ideas and rumors about what is coming next, and convince the people around them that Apple equals cool. Do you think this would happen without Steve Jobs living and breathing the brand each and every day? So how is it that in the nonprofit sector, we create this illusion that growth and change and impact can happen absent this kind of energy and engagement? There's this unspoken idea floating around that fundraisers can go about their work in a vacuum, having quiet, unimportant conversations with nameless, faceless rich people, while all the while, the folks who do the real work, the program folks, can go about their business separate from and unconnected to this conversation. What a waste. Don't you think that creating a tribe of connected, engaged, passionate evangelists for your cause will create a positive feedback loop that will amplify the change you hope to see in the world? It doesn't matter if that tribe is 300 powerful, smart, wealthy people or 3 million regular folks who believe in you and the change you hope to make. If they are passionate and engaged and you give them a way to help, you will amplify your impact. If nothing else then, we need a new word. Fundraising is about a transaction. I raise funds from you, you get nothing in return. I'd rather be an evangelist, a storyteller, an educator, translator, a table pounder, a guy on a soapbox, a woman with a megaphone, a candidate for change. I want to talk to as many people as I can about my ideas, whether in person or in newsletters or on Facebook or Twitter or in The Economist or at the TED conference or at Davos and capture their imagination about the change I hope to see in the world. Don't you? You just listened to part two of the post titled In Defense of Raising Money, a Manifesto for Nonprofit CEOs by Sasha Dichter with Seth's.blog. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash startup. So just go to indeed.com slash startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash startup. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks again to Sasha, who I know we talked a bit about yesterday, but I want to tell you a few more things about him because he's got such a long list of accomplishments. Sasha is also a noted speaker and blogger on generosity, philanthropy, and social change, the author of The Manifesto for Nonprofit CEOs, and the creator of Generosity Day. His talks have been featured prominently on TED.com, The Do Lectures, SOCAP, and other major conferences. He's been recognized as an innovation agent by Fast Company Magazine, and he's been a contributor to Harvard Business Review, Stanford's Social Innovation Review, and other leading publications. Sasha also serves on the executive committee of the Aspen Network of Development Entrepreneurs. Before Acumen, Sasha worked at GE Money to expand financial offerings to underserved communities globally. At IBM, 
He spearheaded the company's corporate citizenship strategy and launched a leadership program for school administrators. And he also worked at the microfinance group of Bank Rakyat, Indonesia. Sasha began his career at Booz Allen Hamilton, consulting to telecommunications companies in Latin America and Europe. He holds a BA from Harvard College, a Master in Public Administration in International Development from Harvard's Kennedy School, and an MBA from Harvard Business School. And Sasha is a guest writer at Seth Godin's site where this article came from, so again, we want to thank Seth for letting us share the articles from his place, and please do come by seths.blog to show your support. But that should do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed our two-parter and that you're having a great day out there. And I'll see you back here again tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.